Welcome back to Daily Manna, where we're learning to feed on the Word of God, chapter by chapter. Today, we're getting into Romans chapter 16, the last chapter in this book of Romans. And when we come to chapter 16, there's a particular word that's used for the first time in this book, and it's actually used five times, and that is the term church. It's not used until the first verse in the chapter. And then subsequently, it's used in verses 4, 5, 16, and 23. Well, in this chapter, the church and the churches are mentioned repeatedly. And actually, as a conclusion, this is a strong indication that all of what Paul wrote in the preceding chapters is concluded in this matter of the churches, which is introduced here in this chapter. Well, we may know from earlier podcasts that the subject of this book is the gospel of God, to make sinners sons of God, to constitute the body of Christ, which is expressed as the local churches. So at the very beginning of this book, we begin with sinners. That's where we all started. We were just sinners, far away from God, offensive to God, separated from God. But through his righteous act of dying for our sins on the cross, there was a way for us to be justified. So one day, by God's mercy, the gospel was spoken to us, and we believed. We got infused with appreciation for who Christ is and for what he did on the cross. So when we believed, God reacted to our believing, and we were justified. We believed, and Christ was infused into us as righteousness. His very person became our righteousness. He is our righteousness. And in God's eyes, that action of our believing caused us to be justified. But the book of Romans, a book on salvation, doesn't end there. That actually takes us roughly to about chapter 4. So once we believed, we're no longer sinners under God's condemnation, but we have been justified. But now, as children of God, we saw in Romans chapter 5, there's still the need for further salvation. And unfortunately, many Christians, their experience of salvation may end in Romans chapter 4. But Romans is a book of 16 chapters, so we need to go on. So in chapter 5, verse 10, Paul says, Much more we will be saved in his life. You may say, well, hold on a second. I got saved. I appreciated Christ. He was infused into me, and I was justified. I'm justified. My standing is right before God. And that's true. But there's much more. Our salvation, our complete, our entire salvation, entails more than simply the initial step of our receiving Christ. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says there that the God of peace would sanctify us holy, or the word holy means entirely, and that our spirit, soul, and body would be preserved complete, right? We would be saved fully. So there, God considers the entirety of our being to be, number one, our spirit. 
Number two, our soul. And number three, our body. So for us to be fully saved or to participate in God's full or complete salvation, all three parts of our being need to be filled with his life. When initially we got saved, our spirit was filled with his life. Hallelujah, our spirit is full of life. But we need our soul to be filled with life. So this is the portion of Romans that covers sanctification. And sanctification means separation and also saturation. God doesn't want us just to be separated. What makes us particular as believers is, yes, on the one hand, we are separated by the fact that we have God's life. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. We have a particular testimony. Yes, that is true. That's from one side. But what God wants for our complete salvation is not only separation, but he wants to saturate us. What that means is that he wants to saturate our entire being, which we know means that he wants to saturate or spread from our spirit to our soul and eventually even to our body. So our spirit being saved, our human spirit being regenerated by God, which is our initial salvation, is called regeneration. Our soul being saved, saturated with the life of God, is called transformation, transformation. And our body eventually will be invaded and filled with the life of God, and that is called transfiguration. So to be saved in his life means to be fully, entirely, that is the three parts of our being, would be full of God. So that process of being saved in his life is encapsulated in Romans chapter 8 in three wonderful verses. In verse 10, we see that our spirit is life. That is, it's saturated with the divine life of God. Then in verse 6, we're told that our mind is life. It's becoming life. The life of God is spreading even into our mind, which is the leading part of our soul. So life, God as life is spreading from our spirit into our soul. And finally, in verse 11, it says that he's going to give life to our mortal body. This is the whole process of sanctification. Our spirit is life. Our mind first and the rest of our soul is becoming life. And finally, our whole entire body even will be life, saturated with the life of God. So now we see that we've come from being sinners to being sons of God who are saturated, filled with the life of God. But the book doesn't end there. The next station, you could say, we've progressed now from sinners to sons, is the body. So even though there's so many believers on earth today that are in various stages of their being saved in life, that is growing in the divine life, God needs a body. He wants the body of Christ, and the constituents are the members. That's us, the sons. We're not just sons, but we're members. What a blessed day when we realize we're not just individual Christians, but we are members of the very body of Christ. And just like your body expresses your person, 
so also the body of Christ, composed of the many sons of God, expresses Christ the head. Christ's body expresses him. But still, Romans doesn't end there in chapter 12, mainly where the body is unveiled. It ends in Romans chapter 16, which indicates that actually, where can you see this body today? It has to be in the local churches. The churches are composed of the many members in the city, in the particular locality where they may live. That's where you can see the expression of the universal body of Christ. You can see the universal body locally in one place. When all the sons, all the believers are together in oneness as the members, then you can see the expression of the body of Christ. That's why this book ends with the churches. What a wonderful picture of what God is doing with us. What a wonderful picture of God's complete salvation to take us from being sinners, to make us sons, and showing us that these sons are then the very members of the body, the body. But this body expresses this wonderful head, expresses Christ in each city. So in Romans, you have Sancria. In the following books, you'll see there's the church in Corinth, and there's the church in Ephesus, the church in Philadelphia. So wherever Paul went, he didn't have to figure out where the sons gathered together to express the body. He knew, if I'm in this city, I just go find the other believers. It wasn't a matter of which church. No, there's only one. And we all meet there together as the local expression of the one body of Christ. What a wonderful conclusion to our salvation. It doesn't end with us as being individual Christians, but it ends with us practicing the body life, the life of the body, with the believers where we are in oneness. May the Lord bring us into this.